Good day, everybody. Once again, it is me, the J to the E to the double F free. This is Jeffrey Harris, and you're listening to the 411 Wrestling Interviews Podcast. For today's interview, we have an exclusive interview with Calvin Tankman. He is a new talent who has just signed with Major League Wrestling. He is a five-year veteran of the industry. He is a big super heavyweight, but the dude is super athletic. Very excited to be talking with him today about signing his first major contract with MLW and what he has to say about that. So stay tuned for our interview with Calvin Tankman here on the 411 Wrestling Interviews Podcast. All right, everybody, you are back on the 411 Wrestling Interviews Podcast, and now we have a new member to the MLW roster. He is all about the super heavyweight hustle. He is the one and only Bizarro Luchaversal champion, a former IWA Mid-South heavyweight champion, Calvin Tangman. Calvin, thank you for joining the show today, man. Really appreciate it. So, uh, you are now part of the MLW roster. Um, so, tell me about that. Tell me about signing with MLW. Uh MLW really uh, put that vote of confidence in me uh, and really, uh, really uh, made me feel like they definitely believed in me. So I'm definitely very excited to uh, work with them and to uh, see what the, see where this goes. With everything being up there with uh, the pandemic and stuff, I'm definitely chomping up a bit to uh, get to work. But yeah, they uh, do a lot of great things with their young talent. So. Uh, it was pretty. It was a. I was pretty confident in the decision. Uh, you watch their show. Uh, they have a lot of young talent that they're pushing to like that next level and helping them become uh, the uh, the next big stars. So uh, I'm excited to be a part of that. And see where uh, we end up as a whole. Now, is this uh, your first big contract? Uh, yes. So I guess what is it like? You know that feeling. You know you've been at this. Uh, uh, wrestling, you've been in wrestling for five years now. So, what is it like, you know, when you're in that hustle, and at, and uh, after several years, you're finally able to land that first big contract? What does that feel like? Uh, it's exciting. Uh, definitely very exciting. Uh, I'm. I don't know. Uh, I'm one of those people where like I try not to uh, celebrate too much mm-hmm. uh, and, and kind of just start uh, working towards the next big thing. So, uh, it's one of those things where I was, uh, really excited. I signed in, uh, May and kind of had to like keep it hush hush until they decided to, uh, make a press announcement. So that was probably the hardest thing is like, especially with your first contract, like that's what everybody wants to do is be able to say that they wrestle on TV, like mm-hmm. since you were a kid, you know what I mean? So like not being able to share that and, uh, being definitely super excited, um, was definitely probably one of the hardest things. Uh, definitely, uh, once I got the confirmation that everything was actually signed and done, uh, safe to say, I definitely did a happy dance around my living room. So, okay, so I guess it's more like you know when something like this happens. Now it's now the real work begins, right? Now, now exactly. you really have to kind of have to lace it up, roll up your sleeves, and and now you're really getting to work, and instead of like celebrating the moment, right? Exactly. I think that's what like. 
it, it's kind of like the football and sports mentality I have. You kind of celebrate for a little bit, but you know, it's like the playoffs. You you know, win a game, you're excited. You advance to the next round. You give yourself about two hours or the rest of that night to celebrate, and then by the next day, it's on to the next team. We're scouting film and, and seeing what we can do better next time and everything else. It's kind of the same thing. Uh, I'm excited to get the opportunity to showcase what I can do on a national and worldwide stage. Um, but uh, I know there's going to be work to do. There's going to be an adjustment process, and I'm excited to do that. I'm, I'm coming in with my uh, ears open, or my eyes open and my ears too. So it's one of those things where like, I already know that uh, this is definitely the next level. So there's going to be mm-hmm. uh, a lot of a lot of learning. Uh, everything is may, might not be perfect uh, the first time. So uh, I just got to go into here. Uh, with uh, just ready to learn and uh, ready to uh, do whatever I can to help me and the company succeed. So I'm definitely excited. Okay. So you mentioned earlier MLW has a very fresh, exciting, uh, young roster. Uh, Tell me what else you like about uh, MLW. Of course, now we have this uh, deal at MLW with uh, DAZN to have – We'll be streaming MLW content and possibly even doing live events in the future. So tell me about why it's uh, such an exciting product right now. Um, They're one of the few companies, uh, if any, that has uh, been still making business deals and still doing big things during the pandemic. Everybody else is kind of like just trying to do what they can to stay afloat, uh, I feel like. And uh, they're still like announcing things like that. starting uh, uh, new shows if, uh, because they have uh, can't remember the name of the show off the top of my head I watched it on uh, YouTube earlier but it was showing the uh, older from like 2002 the older MLW tapes and everything like that uh, so uh, it's definitely um, it's definitely uh, cool to see that and exciting to be a part of that because like I said like it's especially during a pandemic for them to still be uh, putting new shows out and still be uh, on uh, the tip of the tongue of everyone with, without having uh, with it being difficult to have live events right now so but uh, how exciting is it for you that, you know, once the shows do get going, once the content uh, does get back on track, you know, that, you know, you could be doing live events on uh, on DAZN, you know, which has, you know, major boxing fights and major combat sports and everything. It's definitely uh, huge for us because uh, it'll open eyes to people who may not have heard MLW or may not have seen them on other platforms. So anytime you can get uh, something like that that's like, that has a large following uh, that you can put your content on, it's going to be good for business. So uh, I, I have full confidence with the roster that they have and the uh, different breed of style that they have. Um, we'll definitely be able to catch some eyes from that. So uh, it's just an exciting time. Uh, hopefully uh, we can help uh, the company and the business grow as they make decisions like this. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's just really exciting to get to uh, expose yourself to a lot of new people. Uh, Calvin, who do you think, other than yourself, who are the top in-ring talents in MLW right now? Ah, that's real difficult. Yeah, you can't you can't say MLW without saying Fatu and Hammerstone. Honestly, okay. Uh, and I I gotta say those are uh, two at the like the top of my list uh, because one of those things that like I 
said for a minute that I want to do is uh, I want to prove that I'm one of the uh, best big men in the country, if not the world. So uh, I can't do that unless I go through the best. So you got the world champion, the national champion, two of the biggest, burliest, most badass dudes in the locker room that uh, definitely want to uh, test myself against those two. But, like, they have a plethora of guys from many different ring styles. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. like, uh, even, like, you have your Martin Reeds and Jordan Olivers that are crazy athletic. Uh, I already said Fatu and Hammerstone. Then you got your uh, your Tom Lawlers, your Dominic Garidis, your uh, Eric Stevens. Those guys that uh, are just brutal and technically sound. Uh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, it's, it's, there's so many different... Uh, uh, styles there that like uh, it's kind of hard for me to narrow it down just to one or just to a, a, a few that are the best but those are the top that come off the top of my head uh, would you say Jacob Fatu and maybe anyone in Contra Unit will be your first targets uh, once you get going here uh, you know I, I don't know I don't know about that one uh, I like to keep people guessing uh, one of my favorite rappers as a kid used to say uh Gangsters move in silence don't talk a lot. So that, that's where we are with this one. This one kind of got to like, you know, if, if you're the head coach, you let out your game plan, but they can be ready for it. So you kind of got to uh, just wait and see. Yeah, your in-ring style is a, is a hybrid style. You like, uh, you know, you know the MMA and incorporating that. Um, yeah. How do you like to incorporate, uh, excuse me, incorporate uh, the MMA sort of uh, fighting style? Uh, into your style in the ring, and uh, who are your favorite MMA fighters to watch? Ooh, um, obviously, just because I was in high school, for going with my favorite to watch uh, when I was in high school, uh, it was like during the prime of like Anderson Silva. Oh you yeah, know what I mean? so that was always one of my favorites to watch. Every time he had a fight at the time, we didn't have the money for the pay per view, so we were always at B Dubs to watch. Um, yeah, there's so many that like if, if we're going to like smaller divisions uh, since the WEC days I've always been a big Uriah Faber fan couldn't tell you why he's just always really good um, and like just uh, he was one of the featured guys with WEC which I used to watch a lot uh, so uh, I remember I watched him fight uh, Mike Brown I believe and uh, I think it was a rematch he had lost the first one in like an upset and he like broke his hand in like the first one of the first I think it was like the first round and he continued to even throw some punches with a broken hand and just throw elbows and still almost won the fight. So, like, especially watching that as a kid, I was like, all right, this dude's the man. You know what I mean? Because, you know what I mean? I've broken my hand before. There's no way you can be start punching my hand's already broken. I remember that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I remember so, that fight. That was a hell of a fight. Yeah. So, um, we got those guys. Uh, if we're going, like... No man, I'm just a huge fan of the sport. I was a, I was a, used to be a uh, big John Jones fan when he was coming up. Uh, we'll go with obviously GSB. Those are just the, the yeah. top guys that I like that everybody watched when I was younger. But how I incorporate that into my style, um, especially within the last year and a half, I've uh, uh, started to use uh, more of uh, my striking, uh, uh, more strikes. Uh, more power behind those um, times catching people when they're missing you know what I mean things of that nature um, I'm in no means uh, necessarily on Tom Waller's 
level with the MMA skills, but I did I do have some training and I have a wrestling background. So uh, really, it just depends on the situation. Uh, but there's a lot of times that I, I definitely uh, you see me I'm pretty strike heavy. I would love to see you get in there and mix it up with Tom Lawler at some point. I think that would be a fun a fun matchup. Well, uh, honestly, uh, two plug for another show this Friday. Uh, uh, heavy hitters for Paradigm Pro. It's Ooh. me and Tom Lawler and UWFI rules. Oh, that's awesome. All right. So, what made you uh, gravitate, uh, gravitate toward uh, the pro wrestling track for your career? Uh, I was a wrestling fan first. Uh, wrestling was the first thing I saw, and I was like, I want to do that. Uh, my older cousin, uh, Travis, shout out to him. He, uh, showed me that when I was really young. So uh, that was like literally the first thing I did. Like when I was a kid, I had a uh, little like three foot, maybe three foot, like a stuffed elbow uh, that they brought, like, that uh, a family friend had got me. And uh, when I was younger, I used to cuddle it. But then when I started watching wrestling, he was like almost my size. So he became the person that I suplexed and did moonsault off my dresser roll and everything else. <laughs> so, uh, really, like, wrestling was definitely my first love. And uh, you probably asked my parents about that because they bought me video box break back in the day. Oh, that's, that's awesome, man. Uh, um, but, you know, watching you in the ring is just so impressive uh, because, I mean, uh, you, are quite, you are quite the dude. You are uh, a, a genuine super heavyweight. But when you get in there, man, you move like a cruiserweight. So... Can you tell us about that, about kind of uh, adopting this very kind of fast athletic style that you don't see many guys your size using that type of style? Um, I don't know. It's always been uh, something that I loved. I guess uh, I always tell people, the two people that uh, I first watched on the wrestling show that I vividly remember were Rey Mysterio and Goldberg. Two, two totally separate reasons. But, like, that's what started my wrestling fandom. So, like, I always loved uh, the big, powerful guys, but then at the same time, yeah, uh, the cruiserweights, the small guys did things that nobody else had done. And, like, as a kid, you know, you're, you're always watching that stuff, and you're like, uh, well, at least me. I was the type of person where I was like, how'd they do that? I want to try that. Or I want to do that. Or I bet I could do that. So, like, growing up, I was never, uh, always bigger than everybody, but I never saw myself as bigger than anyone else. That makes sense. So, like, if somebody else was doing it, uh, whether it be, like, athletically or just, like, messing around in the backyard jumping off of something, I was doing it, too, just because I wanted to prove that I could do it. So I guess, like, as I got older, especially with football, they kind of took that mentality, mentality like, out of you. Yes, you're a big guy. Yes, you're going to do a little bit of different things. But that doesn't mean that you're not going to do the same agility drills. That doesn't mean that you're not going to uh, do some of the conditioning drills and all that other stuff. So uh, just because your size doesn't mean that you're not an athlete. And so that's kind of always how I've played. Um, and I've always been pretty athletic for my size. Uh, it moves well. So uh, coming to wrestling, it was one of those things where that was the style I liked. And uh, I could make it work, you know. Uh, everybody expects, like, a big guy that you wrestle. Like, when you hit the ropes, he's going to be there. You know what I mean? He's going to be there to swing a clothesline or he's going to hit you with a shoulder tackle or something like that. But, uh especially me with a football background, what happens if you turn your back to hit the ropes and I hit the ropes another way and you don't see me coming and then you got 330 pounds, that's 330 to 350 pounds smashing at you uh, coming in 
you know, 10 miles an hour uh, with a big pounce, pounce you on the ring. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things where uh, my size and speed allowed me to be more deceptive and allowed me to uh, hit people in ways that they never expected to to be hit. So it was just one of those things where uh, I saw an advantage and I saw I had uh, the ability to do it. So it was kind of like, why not? Now, I mean, this is just sort of a very weird time, you know, where we have a pandemic uh, going on and, and uh, some wrestling is getting back in uh, to action right now. So I guess, what do you think about that? Um, I mean, do you think it's important, you know, because wrestling is very risky. We are in the middle of a pandemic, but people are also looking for distractions and entertainment more than ever right now. You know, when things are yeah. shut down, they can't work or, or they're stuck at home. But as as one, you know, as a wrestler and as, as someone, you know, who, who might be having that opportunity... Uh, to work soon like what do you what do you think what's your perspective on this as a wrestler uh, as long as you're being as uh, as cautious as you can like the shows yeah. that I the, uh, the two shows that I've done were a show called GCW and then I did another show called Parkade they had seats spread out they had mask and sanitizer at the table uh, masks were required uh, they had uh, like I said they had separated seating and they were so far away that like we were, you know, I mean, we weren't high fiving anyone. The most someone got was like we might touch elbows. So uh, I felt uh, more safe doing, or I felt uh, safe doing that. And me, like with uh, the normal job that I do, I have to expo- I have to be out and travel anyway and go from store to store. You know what I mean? So uh, it's kind of one of those things where uh, I'm gonna have to expose myself anyway. So I kind of have to uh, just be as cautious as I can. And uh, like all the shows I've had, they have thermometers at the door. Like before you're allowed to walk in the locker room, they have a thermometer on your forehead checking your temperature. You know what I mean? Making mm-hmm. sure that you don't have a fever, making sure that you're okay. Uh, so like that that's what really made me uh, very comfortable with it. If, if those things hadn't been there and it was just like, all right, just come risk it, I definitely wouldn't be doing it. Uh, but they've done everything they can to try and make it as uh, as safe as, as humanly possible. Now, uh, another interesting thing uh, MLW announced uh, earlier this month, uh, they're talking about doing shows uh, in Hawaii and uh, Puerto Rico. So uh, what do you think about potentially having MLW doing some, some uh, island shows coming up uh, in the future? And would you like to be a part of those? Uh, I definitely would like to be a part of those. Those are two places I've never been. Um, and anywhere I get to go, uh, that I get to do what I love with professional wrestling, uh, I'm excited to do that. So, uh, especially places like that. And uh, definitely Puerto Rico. Because uh, Puerto Rico, there's a lot of uh, rich history, rich wrestling history there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there may be some about Hawaii, but I don't know. I haven't. I'm not a Hawaii connoisseur. I'm not necessarily a Puerto Rico connoisseur either. But uh, Puerto Rico is so such a big part of like the wrestling industry, and there's been so much history that's went on down there that you know. You know what I mean? If you're a wrestling fan, you you've at least heard the names and seen some of the stuff that's gone down down there. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, it definitely like just the uh, prospect of being able to do something like that definitely excites me. Um, and who were your top, uh, wrestling trainers and mentors? My, my top trainers? Yeah. Uh, a man named TJ Kemp, uh, 
from uh, the Indianapolis area. He uh, was OVW trained in the uh, early 2000s. And uh, he took an interest in me when he didn't have to. And uh, he came in and really took me from knowing just the basics of bumping and everything else to really like breaking down the psychology and everything else with wrestling and uh, almost like a, a Zen master. I'd come up to him after every match, is that good enough? Did I do this okay? Was, was this here? And he'd be like, no, not quite yet. Maybe do this, this, and this. And so like, especially for the first like six months, I was like, some of the stuff maybe I didn't understand or it was difficult for me to like, well, why don't I do it this way? And then like, eventually it kind of like clicked uh, and he just kept either working matches with me or paying attention to everything I did. Uh, so it was uh, him, uh, Apollo Star, uh, as another uh, Indianapolis and Midwest guy. I uh, did a lot of work in like Ohio, uh, Wisconsin, Illinois area, Indiana area. So uh, both of those guys have been around for at least near 20 years. So uh, it was a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of stuff that started at me, but uh, I was definitely in good hands. And then uh, another man named Hillbilly Jed, who's also a uh, central Indian, the guy that's been around for a while. So uh, those were really uh, guys that uh, I looked up to. And even after, like, uh, once they kind of let me off, I'd see them at a show or something else, they were always giving me critiques or helping me out. And maybe if they, I posted a clip and they saw something, they'd send it there, send me a DM and be like, hey, maybe fix this, try this, try that. So definitely always thankful for those guys. Now, uh, what is your message to the MLW roster? What do you have to say to them and uh – what do they have to look forward to uh, once you make your in-ring de- debut? Uh, they have to look forward to lots of chops because I'm going to be bringing them heaters. Um, lots of hard hitting. Uh, something that they've never stepped in the ring with before. Uh, or very few have. Uh, I, in, in my opinion, and I don't want to sound too cocky, but there's maybe a handful of guys, five maybe, that are at my size that can do some of the things that I can do in the ring. Uh, so it's, it's going to be something that uh, I don't know if they're ready for. Uh, but uh, when I come, they definitely don't know about me. They definitely don't feel me. And uh, I, I ain't, I'm not coming for it uh, just, uh, just to be there, to be happy about that. Uh, it's time to work, and I'm going to bust my butt to uh, be at the top of the game. And uh, hopefully... It's just like everybody does when want to sign a contract. If you don't want to be the face of the company, you don't want to be world champion, then why you sign it? So, uh, on the quest for that. All right. I am very much looking forward to that, Calvin. So, just last thing, if you have any social plugs, uh, any merchandise plugs, anything else you want to share with our listeners um, that you have going on, I want to give you the time uh, to do that. So, please go ahead. Uh, Twitter and Instagram, both at Calvin Tankman. Uh, Facebook.com slash Calvin Tankman Wood. And then we got ProWrestlingTees.com slash Calvin Tankman. Uh, those are the places to check me out. Uh, find out what shows I'm going to be doing next. Um, I've got three or four shows in the next two months. Uh, I've got actually three this weekend. I've got uh, uh, PPW Heavy Hitters uh, Friday, uh, UWF High Rules versus Tom Waller. Oh, man. And then. Uh, we have uh, GCW Homecoming Weekend this weekend, so I'm leaving straight from there in the Louisville, Kentucky area, going driving straight out to Jersey. Uh, we'll be there uh, night one. I don't think my match has been announced for night one, but night two, it's me and Chris Dickinson one-on-one for the first time. Uh, and then uh, August 16th, 
uh, for our company called Violence and Suffering in New Jersey. It's going to be me versus uh, Homicide for the first time. That's one I'm definitely excited for because uh, last time we were in the ring together, we uh, won some tag team titles. And so oh, man, uh, now that's... it's kind of time for me to prove myself. Those are some epic matchups you got, man. And uh, I'm glad to hear you're keeping busy and uh, glad to hear you're wrestling and, uh, and performing for fans now. That sounds very, that's awesome, great for you. And I really Thank appreciate you. the time, man. No problem. Thank you for having me. All right, you are listening to Calvin Tankman on the 411 Wrestling Interviews Podcast. He is coming to uh, an MLW show near you very soon, hopefully, and we'll get you got. Hopefully, we'll get uh, you guys back on TV soon. But he's also doing plenty of shows all around the country, so be on the lookout for this guy. Thank you very much, Calvin, for your time. You've been listening to Jeffrey Harris on the 411 Wrestling Interviews Podcast. All right, thank you very much to Calvin Tankman of MLW for joining us for this interview on the 411 Wrestling Interviews Podcast. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or Google Play, or the 411 Mania YouTube channel. If you're listening to us on YouTube, if you can give us a like, a comment, a subscribe, I would very much appreciate it. Or if you can give us a five-star rating or review on Apple Podcasts, I would very much appreciate that as well or a review on Google Play. But more than anything, thank you for listening to us. I hope everyone's doing well and staying safe at the moment. Thank you very much. This is, once again, the J to the E to the double F free. I'm Jeffrey Harris, and you've been listening to the 411 Wrestling Interviews Podcast. Bye, everybody.